Are you, like pretty much every parent of younger kids I know, looking for a smart entertainment option for your kids? Designed for kids ages 6 and up, Mysteries About True Histories, also known as Math, How Smart Is That?, is a weekly podcast full of time travel, puzzles, hidden equations, history, and humor. And while kids will enjoy the stories anchored around characters like troublesome trolls, pirate queens, and mysterious aunts, adults can benefit too. I admittedly delighted in learning a thing or two about Pythagoras and triangles in one episode. Every episode follows two best friends, Max and Molly, who work together to solve riddles and math equations during their time-traveling adventures. The series explores themes like the stories behind math, critical thinking, code-breaking, pattern-solving, and more, all weaving humor in with education to make learning fun. Episodes drop every Thursday and are about 15 minutes long, a great length for transition times during the day or a bedtime treat. So tune in to Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. Welcome to the Edit Your Life podcast. I'm Christine Coe. And I'm Asha Dornfest, and we're here to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. We share practical ways to declutter your home schedule and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. And we believe that baby steps are the key to getting there. Good morning, Christine. Hello, Asha. How are you? I'm just fine. How are you? I'm feeling bright-eyed and bushy-tailed because... It is the day after the day after, which would be two days after my second vaccination. And I was completely laid up on the couch, uh, largely feeling fine, except just feeling tired. Um, And I just feel like myself today. So I'm Uh, delighted to be on the mic with you this morning. Oh, very exciting. Very exciting. I have uh, I, I seem to be mentally tracking the dates of everybody's vaccines and second doses and, and the whole thing. So anyway, I'm I was thinking about you a lot yesterday. Thank you. I will say it was just the perfect day and a wonderful excuse to catch up on all the backlog of Queer Eye episodes I had not yet seen. (laughs) I was here for it. Excellent. Excellent. (laughs) Anyway. Well, I'm going to switch gears a little. And uh, actually, today we're talking about something very close to my heart, both Mm. of our hearts. We're going to talk today about supporting aging relatives, something you and I are both navigating. I know something Many listeners are navigating. In fact, mm-hmm. this episode was inspired by a listener request, which um, is very moving. Um, and, you know, as we come out of this pandemic, slowly but surely start taking steps. Clearly, you know, we've many of us have been separated from our family members, extended family members, parents, older relatives. And so there is just a lot to think about in terms of how we stay connected, but also how we support them, you know, as they grow older. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think many of us are <clears throat> we're dealing with, you know, what uh, some call sandwich generation issues, whereas, you know, that we have kids at home and we also have relatives who are needing some care of their own. So that's complicated. But of co- of course, the pandemic just complicated all of it. Yes. And I think it was such a fascinating I feel like an anthropologist or a social psychologist or something will be looking at all of this from a a vantage point at some point. But I was thinking that the pandemic as related to caregiving really forced us into a position of limiting how much we could do. And it really was kind of a, I guess what I'm trying to say is that it really left me with a 
you can only do what you can do. You can only do your best or, you know, what you're able to, because we had so many restrictions. It was, right. it was unlike anything else that we've ever experienced. And I know that was really challenging given that your mom, you know, lives in a different state and mm-hmm. there, there was just so much for so many people. Absolutely true. You know, and just for some context, I, um, yes, my mom does live in a state. I live in Oregon. My mom lives in California in the house I grew up in. And my dad passed away in early 2020, so she's on her own. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, to make a long story short, my mom spent much of uh, the last, you know, year on her own. Mm. And so, you know, she and I are really having to get to know a a whole new way of living and relating to each other now. I mean, obviously, our family structure is different, but, you know, she's also getting older and needs some help. She has some mobility issues and a few things going on. And, you know, like I'm getting to know that she's getting to know that. And it's it's a bit of a dance for both of us. And I think that, um, you know, these are issues now that I am thinking about in new ways. Just like you said, the pandemic brought it, you know, to the fore. But obviously it would have been here one way or the other. So I'm just really glad that we're able to talk about it. And because we have different experiences and different perspectives. Mm -hmm. I think another big thing is that I'm an only child. Mm hmm. That's a big, that's a big difference. Huge. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, you know, what about, what about you? What is your sort of context for this well, situation? I just am thinking when you said something like it's a new dance that we're learning and <laughs> learning to mm-hmm. do, I think that is just, that's just what this is all about. This phase yeah. of uh, moving into a caregiving role and just figuring out a new way to relate to your parent or parents, depending on what your situation is. Mm-hmm. And it's weird. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, and it can be wonderful. So yes. Yeah. So Asha, let's dive in. I would love to hear your first thought, you know, and you, you are fresh on the heels of a trip to see your mom. So I I'm sure am. all of this is very live. It really is. I, you know, I just got back, you know, just last week um, from my first visit um, to my mom, you know, after the pandemic, we were finally both fully vaccinated and Yes. So this is definitely top of mind and um, and it's been a journey. So, uh, you know, which which we are all still on. So anyway, OK, let me just kick us off um, with a bit of perspective that really has helped me. And that is to just start from the place of um, remembering that your relative who you're you know, who maybe needs some more care. This person is an adult with their own history and experience mm-hmm. and wisdom and goals for life. So, I mean, that sounds so obvious. And and I when I say that, I don't mean it to come off as patronizing, but it's so important to start there because um, especially for those of us who have been involved in parenting for a long time, it's easy to sort of, uh, you know, support can easily lean sort of lean toward um, taking over and even in little tiny ways. And it's so important to remember that that's not the situation that we're in, you know, in the, in the end, it's their life to live. But for you as the support person, you also have a life to live Mm -hmm. and trying to find that balance is really hard. And it's really new because it's a new kind of relationship. That's a transition, but it's such a good and worthy one. And um, I have, I'm finding myself, you know, having these conversations with my mom where I, you know, I ask a lot of questions that I've never asked before. And the answers are, surprising and wonderful. And I'm getting to know my mom in ways I never did before. So mm-hmm. I just want to, I, I just want to sort of maybe start with that perspective. 
I will say that one um, one book that really helped me get to that perspective is a wonderful book called Being Mortal by Atul Gawande. It's an absolutely wonderful book. Atul Gawande is a physician and wrote about uh, his experience with his aging father and really put that in perspective for me. So I, I won't say much more about the book, but pick it up if it's something that you're thinking about. I think it really set me sort of set me on a really uh, lovely path when thinking about this. Mm, that's lovely. Yeah, we'll link mm-hmm. that up in the notes. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to start practical because this is the <laughs> thing that I kind of push on everybody I know of all ages, and it is mm-hmm. to talk about wills. Mm-hmm. I know you're going to talk about some specifics, but this is one of the most practical matters that needs to be addressed, and I know it freaks people out, but it's it's just so crucial and it is an act of love to help designate how you want your assets and your life to play out. And so even though it's awkward, I just encourage you to ask your aging relatives if they have set one up and also to set one up yourself. Mm-hmm. My when my dad passed many years ago, he did not have a will set up. And which was crazy to me when I found out. So I just um it's really really important. I'll share that I when I felt this um, need to set up my will when or will when Laurel was born. Obviously, it became apparent. It was really important to, to figure out how to designate. Uh, we updated, and I think I just did it on Legal Zoom or some online service. Uh, we looped in an attorney for the revision when because it felt a little more complicated. Because by the time Violet was here, we had a house and second child and some other factors going in. So. There's many ways you can do it, and it can be really, really even just getting the basics down. I cannot encourage enough if it's if you haven't done it yet, please do it and and just check in with a an aging loved one to make sure that they have their their um, desires laid out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I can't uh, <laughs> I cannot uh, like second this enough. Um, I will. Um, yes. So my parents did have a state paperwork done when my dad passed away, but they didn't know where it was. And so isn't that amazing? Like that's easy to happen. Come on. I mean, I think we've all done it, you know? And so one of the big things mom and I did was we revised all that stuff and got it all set up basically with her as the main person. And so it feels so good to have it done. And I will say that when you said, you know, like we also need to have wills, you know, it's so much easier when you're at our stage of life, just mm-hmm. because it really can be, uh, it, it can separate you from the mechanics of it and the, you know, reality of it. I think that is an unbelievably helpful. And there are software programs out there like Willmaker. There are books um, by Nolo Press, which I always think are really wonderful books about estate planning and financial planning. I'll make sure to link some stuff up in the show notes. Um, I will say there's also, you know, there is also sort of like an interim step there. And that is while you're talking about wills, thinking about wills, takes a little time to get it set up, explore, consider explore becoming a signatory on your um, relative's financial accounts or possibly establishing something called a durable power of attorney. That allows you to at least sign some checks and make some financial decisions if that's something that you think would be helpful or would work um, for your family situation. That is something that you can do directly with with banks and all of that stuff and uh, also establishing um, beneficiaries for accounts. So that is something that that can happen separate from the will process and it can happen right away. 
Yeah, that's great. That's excellent. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, we have a lot more to chat about, and we will do that after a quick break. Understood is a resource I have recommended for many years to parents looking for support with learning and thinking differences such as ADHD, dyslexia, and more. And I'm subsequently excited to tell you about their podcast, Understood Explains. This season, the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Urtube, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. They cover topics such as how to tell if your child needs an IEP, common myths about special education, and the difference between IEPs and 504 plans. I love how Understood Explains breaks down the overwhelm by unpacking an important topic each season and then drilling down further into key basics in each episode. Most episodes are between 10 to 15 minutes, and episodes are available in both English and Spanish. So fantastic, right? To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone, and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. And we're back, and we are talking about supporting our aging relatives. Um, I want to suggest in this section of our podcast to talk about healthcare wishes with your mm -hmm. relative. Now, this is often part of the estate planning process, um, but if you're not in that process right now, this can simply be converse, a conversation or a set of conversations. So when my dad was in the hospital last year, I cannot tell you how grateful I was that both mom and I knew exactly what he would have wanted us to do. Um, we That was abundantly clear to us. And, um, you know, the fact is that as people get older, their perspectives about health care can change. So what made sense, you know, 10 years ago may not make sense now or people's opinions might change or thoughts or whatever. It's just one of those things where you can't know until you know. And again, these are not necessarily easy conversations, but they're so loving. And I think that's one way to help um, step through these conversations is to remember that this is an unbelievable act of love when you ask somebody, what is it that you want in your life? And, you know, if you get sick or if something happens. So there is paperwork to formalize these sorts of healthcare wishes called an advanced directive, but you can just start with a conversation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes, indeed. Okay. Well, so Asha, I know you're an only child. I am the opposite of an only child. I have six siblings. 
the opposite. <laughs> the opposite times six. And I just want to recommend that if you have siblings, this, there are a couple, kind of a couple things I want to recommend if you have siblings. You know, first is to coordinate as best you can to try to play to people's strengths. I mean, everybody's going to have different things they bring to the table and different abilities. Uh, actually, I guess there are three things. Um, the second is to really keep in mind, and this is sort of the framework of having a loving and open mindset with siblings, because siblings are really complicated and each of them are going to have different relationships with the parent or parents that will color how they approach conversations like these. And uh, this is all very fresh in mind because my mom has recently made some changes in in her healthcare wishes, and we had a family sibling Zoom about it, and there were a lot of feelings. <laughs> mm. So um, that's why this is top of mind. And and then third, and this is something I said on the Zoom while holding out a crystal, a healing crystal, is mm. I just really recommend encouraging to try to set the stage for really honest and open communication it it seems so obvious, but I just said something along the lines of, hey, let's all just remember, let's just try to be really open and honest about our feelings. We're all coming to this with a lot. These conversations are really hard. And let's always try to start with the baseline of assuming that people have the best intentions in mind for mom. And mm-hmm. it's really, really simple, but I think it helps. And yeah, siblings are complicated, but mm-hmm. if you can just start with some real basic loving approaches, I think that can be really helpful. Mm, absolutely. You know, it's uh, just hearing you talk about this. It it brings to mind these interesting feelings I have had over the last year. There have been times when I have lamented being an only child, you know, and felt lonely and felt like, wow, it's all on my shoulders. And then there have been times when I felt like, boy, things are pretty simple because it's just <laughs> my mom and me deciding yeah. And so it's both of those things. Mm-hmm. And I have a feeling it's probably both of those things when you have siblings. Boy, this is hard and complicated. And also, boy, I'm glad I'm not going through this alone. So mm-hmm. it's it's a lot of those feelings. Boy, you know, family, it's it's big. Yeah. Um. So I actually, my next tip is is a very practical one. And this might actually help with sibling stuff, too, because, you know, you're not alone as you go through this. <clears throat> and I think one of the... Most helpful things I did when my dad passed away was I educated myself about community support services where my mom lives, where I grew up. Um, that you know, your county may have a lot of services for aging folks, for elderly folks, um, all sorts of things going on. So I started with my mom's county area agency on aging, and you could just do some googling. You know, the name of the county and senior support services, or just whatever phrases, something like that. I found that they had a ton of resources for folks and, um, you know, elder care resources. My mom's county offers a free service where trained folks can come to the house, do a walkthrough and identify safety hazards and even fix them while they are there. It's amazing. Like things like installing a grab bar in the shower or Mm. noting tripping hazards. I mean, these are not things that I certainly think about. They're not things mom thinks about. You know, it just creeps up on you. And those little tiny, simple things can actually completely change somebody's quality of life. Yeah. So there was actually an excellent article in the New York Times about this, which I'll link up in the show notes. But 
do educate yourself about community support services just with some basic Googling. And I suggest maybe do it today. You know, maybe do it before you need it because it's just nice to know. Make a couple phone calls, find out. And uh, there are really nice people that I spoke to who were helpful. Oh, that's such a great recommendation. I love it. Mm-hmm. I love it. Okay. Well, my next recommendation is um, very practical in nature, focused on the now. And obviously a big part of caring for aging relatives has to do with for- look, looking forward, but a lot of it is just about communication now. So I just recommend getting in the habit of small, regular touch points. I think there sometimes there's pressure to feel like you need to do a big thing or have a really deep conversation, but I think just little, little touch points. And I'll share that, um, this is not usually like being in touch. Sometimes I, you know, I I easily lose track of texts. I'm terrible at using the phone there. I have lots of barriers to (laughs) to entry. You know, I get busy with work. So I use my to-do app. I've talked about this before. It has changed my life. I I set up reminders um, to call my mom, actually use the telephone every Tuesday. She loves it. She mm. she has said, wow, I wish you could, you know, get your siblings to each take a day. And then, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I actually also set up reminders to text her every other day, just like to check in. Um, I've done this a little bit with on the other side, you know, with my husband's family and just those little touch points are so huge in building a relationship and just making another person feel seen. So I know it may seem a little mechanical to put text mom or whoever in your in your app, but if it helps you remember to do it, great. Oh, totally. And you know, it's it's interesting you say that it might feel a little mechanical. It's all about the end result. You know, it's mm-hmm. all about the impact and the impact of those touch points is massive. I um I call my mom every day now and I have every since ever since uh my dad died. Um mm-hmm. ever since I left and that is not something I have ever done. In fact, I um like that that used to be a problem many many years ago, you know, like I would not call my parents for months. Mm-hmm. I don't ask me why, that was just part of the journey with my parents. It was uh but so this is definitely a new thing. And these are very short conversations. Mm-hmm. It has been wonderful. And uh, so the nice thing about calling her every day is that I don't have to put it in my to do app. And um, I call her when I'm getting dinner ready. I just put my, you know, little Bluetooth headset on and I have my phone there. And while I'm chopping my vegetables, I give my mom a call. And every time she's like, what's that noise? <laughs> I'm like, mom, that's me chopping vegetables. <laughs> it's funny. I think sometimes my mom is still of the generation of, you know, remember when the phone hung on the wall with the cord and oh, you yes. sat, you had it to was sit a rotary down. Phone. And, <laughs> right. So you sat down and had a phone call. You don't go walking around the house while you have a phone mm-hmm. call. Like you have to sit down and have a phone call. <laughs> yes. It's like sitting at the table. Anyway, I, I laugh about that every time. Um it it makes it makes such a difference. I mean, obviously, in terms of our relationship, but also just in terms of keeping in touch about what's actually going on mm-hmm. from a, you know, from a support standpoint. Yeah. And I should point to the cumulative effect, too, because I think that some of these uh, I'm using air quotes, but some of these bigger, <laughs> more mm-hmm. challenging conversations are less challenging if you have a history of just being in touch, you know, so. That- that's, huge. that's not I'm not trying to say that 
you shouldn't approach those if you haven't had all these little touch points, but it does make it easier. I promise me. It, I promise you it does. That, yeah, that's absolutely true. And that's so important. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, we have more to discuss and we will do that after a quick break. Lynn, this time of year, parenting can be such a fluster clucks. You've come to the right place. I'm Lynn Lyons, and I've been treating anxious families for over 30 years. I'm Lynn's sister-in-law and co-host Robin Hudson. Join us for Fluster Clucks, a podcast for parents who worry. Wait, that's everybody. Yeah, these last few years have felt like one long anxiety attack for so many. Why do you think parents are always surprised that a podcast about anxiety relates to them, even if no one in their house has an anxiety disorder? Well, worry is human. Everyone does it. And anxiety shows up when we face uncertainty. All the parenting tips you've taught me have been essential. I love to break it down into skills we need to manage worry in our families. We've covered so many topics, depression, burnout, meltdowns, perfectionism. Don't forget scary mothers-in-law. Right, but of course that's not my mother-in-law. Because that's my mother. And a listener. As a psychotherapist, I like to teach parents and kids how to respond to everyday moments in healthy ways. Managing anxiety really can be taught. It really can. And I'll even tell you what to say. We talk about serious stuff, but without being too serious. Anxiety wants everything serious. Anxiety doesn't stand a chance when we're laughing, even about the tough stuff. If you like this show, there's a decent chance you'll also enjoy the Shameless Mom Academy. Hi, I'm Sarah Dean, the founder and host of the Shameless Mom Academy. The Shameless Mom Academy is a podcast for moms that centers moms more than it centers your kids. I'm not going to teach you how to make baby food or how to make your three-year-old or 13-year-old stop having tantrums. Instead, I'm going to bring you back to yourself. For the last 20 years, I've been helping moms through growth and transformation. Inside the Shameless Mom Academy, I help you identify who you are and who you are becoming. Look, motherhood is hard. It brought me to my knees many times and sometimes still does. Returning to who I am and who I am becoming allows me to decide how to show up in all those sticky motherhood moments, but also in all my other relationships and in all the ways I show up in my various communities. So come check out the Shameless Mom Academy wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm willing to bet you'll leave feeling a little inspired and maybe even completely fired up. And you'll probably laugh a few times because I promise we never take ourselves too seriously over here. With 700 episodes to choose from, you're likely going to find something that sparks and speaks to you inside the Shameless Mom Academy. And we're back, friends. And we're talking about supporting aging relatives. And I just want to say, you know, Christine uh, mentioned in the last section about, you know, this, there are the big, big, you know, big things that we do. And then also the little small things and those small things are really so important. And one of the small things that's actually a big thing that I want to talk about is prioritizing fun. So, you know, here we are talking about supporting relatives. And so um, it's very easy to get really focused and even lost in, you know, the work of it and the helping part and really lose sight of the fact that the whole point of this is life and joy and um, togetherness. And, and not only that, the wealth of experience and wisdom that this relative has to share. And so I want to suggest, especially now that it is getting possible for many of us to spend time with, with these folks, really prioritize the laughter and the stories and the visits and the games and looking at old pictures or old movies. If you can, 
maybe, you know, a, an outing or a trip, even if that's something in the cards for the future. But it certainly doesn't have to be anything like that. It doesn't have to be anything big, just something that's fun, fun movies, the lighter and the more fun, the better. I just think that in the same way that these small, regular conversations help make the big things and the hard things easier, lots of laughter surrounding all the little experiences together makes the hard times a lot easier. So mm. that is just something I cannot. I really ran into that myself. Like I found myself completely buried in uh, just work mode, like, you know, mm -hmm. and having these sort of stern and scolding conversations with my mom. And then it was like, what am I doing? Why am I doing that? And mm -hmm. I mean, that had to do with me. That didn't have to do with her at all. So I really had to reorganize my own thinking. Yeah, for sure. And it helped. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I agree. Any of these sort of little immediate moments to prioritize fun are so great. And I will say that some of my biggest moments of joy over the last, well, not the last couple of years, but before that have been taking my mom with me on like work vacation trips or, or oh, they boy. are work trips, but they're travel writing trips. And, um, there are two that are coming to mind. One, one, which was locally in Vermont. And then, and it was just me and her and the two girls. And then actually it was me and her and the two girls also to a trip to the Virgin Islands. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> which was, which was amazing to like take my mom on an airplane and have her be in a hotel and just take care of her. It was so awesome. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And it was so new because as a family, an immediate family of nine, when I was a kid, we never did vacation. And also my parents owned a, a convenience store. So vacation, they were always working, but mm -hmm. it was just, we would never have gotten on an airplane with all those people. So mm -hmm. it was just so fun. And so I have so many delightful, lovely memories about that. And mm. it's the best. It's the best. Yeah. Yeah. We, I'm, I'm planning a little, I mean, it's very low key, but I'm planning a little road trip with my mom this summer. And, and so that was great. sort of first on my priority list. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, do it now sort of thing. Like now is the time. So uh, that's, yeah, I, I hear you. Okay. Prepare for me to pho Photoshop your mom, you and your mom's heads on Thelma and Louise in their car and <laughs> <laughs> just don't drive off a cliff. Thank you. I was going to okay. say it's, uh, I like the idea. It's the ending. I have a problem with. Yeah, okay? we can revise the ending. Speaking okay. of which, uh, my last recommendation for this ep episode is to capture stories. And I know I was talking about small moments and the power of small moments. And I 100% believe that. And I have, I think if you have any opportunities to capture the stories of your aging loved ones, please do. And two things come to mind. One is I remember a couple of years ago, Laurel had a social studies project where she needed to interview my mom, like interview somebody who was older. And so I remember driving her over there and working in the next room while they were conducting this interview and she was recording it. And I was just like, oh my goodness, these are all things about my mom's life that I've never even heard about. It was just, it kind of blew my mind. Mm. And then also, um, I recently have watched a few episodes of Henry Louis Gates Jr.'s Finding Your Roots. It's mm. And it's all about genealogy. Yes. And it's fascinating. I mean, he is the most dapper man ever, but these stories and seeing people react to story threads that they had we're just never aware of is really quite remarkable. So yeah, just any, any moments, if you can record something, you know, the person talking great or just take notes or whatever, but 
I really recommend it. It's so wonderful. My mom has a crush on Henry, um, Henry Louis Gates. Oh my gosh, he's adorable. She's like, I think I'm going to, you know, she has lots of curiosity about genealogy. She says, I think I'm going to call Henry Louis Gates. I'm like, really, you're going to call him? Like she, what, on his cell phone? She what? should. He, he might answer. <laughs> he's so friendly. Um, yeah. So, okay. Let me just, before I even forget this, when you're talking, I'm thinking about Laurel interviewing your mom, right? I'm just imagining this in my mind. I want to encourage folks, take videos of that, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. videos, videos, videos. I don't know about you, but I forget to take videos all the time. And let me tell you, I am right now completely scrabbling through my videos, my husband's videos to find videos of my dad because my dad just didn't say much. And so uh-huh. I would never take videos of him and I am desperate to find some videos. Uh-huh. So take some videos, you know, it doesn't, again, doesn't have to be some big recording thing and it could just be videos while they're doing whatever they're doing. So that is something that I would recommend doing. Now, back to the whole notion of capturing stories. Again, this is one of the things that happens when you talk to somebody frequently. So, you know, the I'm not saying everyone has to call their parents every day, but if you have regular conversations that just, you know, like the little things come up, the little tiny stories, they're not always the big stories. And, you know, it's so great to remember those things. And I have one last recommendation for that, which is a, a service called StoryWorth. StoryWorth was recommended to me by my dear friend, our dear friend, Karen Walrund. It's an online service that sets up a whole series of questions, if you're not sure what to ask, and it sends those questions weekly to your relative and they write the answers. And it's almost like, you know, 50 questions or whatever, and then it compiles all that stuff and then you can buy a book at the end and it's really cool. So check out StoryWorth. I'll link it up in the show notes. Um, That is a really interesting way to... I mean, it's not necessarily going to work for everyone, but it's an interesting way to get things started. Yeah, that's really cool. I have heard Mm of them. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, well, Asha, we are at the end of our episode, and I would love to hear what your next edit is today. All right. Oh, gosh, I really enjoyed talking about this. Um, My next edit for today. Uh, It's sort of a little mental exercise, and that is to ask yourself, what makes your relative feel loved and what brings them joy? Like, what's the answer to that question? Or what are the answers? What are some guesses even? And then once you have a few sort of answers in mind, maybe, you know, write them down, ask your relative the same question. You get that chance. If there's a moment for that, are there, and I, my, my, what my curiosity is if their answers are what you expected. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Love what it. about you? Well, mine is going to be very practical and refer to something I talked about earlier, and it is to call, email, or text a relative today. A quick hello goes a long way. That's it. Mm -hmm. Yes, it is. And yeah, two seconds and a big, big thing in life. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, I'm sure glad we could talk about this together, and I feel like I want to talk about it more. Um, But in the meantime, listeners, you'll find the show notes for this episode, including links to resources we've mentioned, plus lots of great related episodes at edityourlifeshow.com. And we'd love to hear your thoughts and questions. Chat with us on Instagram or Facebook at Edit Your Life Show. We'd also be grateful if you would drop us a review on Apple Podcasts or tell a pod-loving friend about us. Thanks for listening. 
Hi there, I'm Andrea Owen, self-help author with 19 translations of my books, global keynote speaker, and life coach. My podcast, Make Some Noise, has been serving up self-help in a simple-to-digest way for the last decade. The topics brought in each episode are practical and easy to implement around topics such as working through fears that keep you stuck, different modalities of therapy, managing your negative self-talk, and more. We bring you guest experts, solo episodes, and I even coach listeners on the air around relatable struggles. I also do my best to weave my sense of humor into some heavy topics because let's face it, life can be pretty hard and it's so much better when we can have some fun while walking through our challenges. Whether you're seasoned in personal development or just starting out, Make Some Noise podcast will help you become the best version of yourself, the person you're proud of when you look in the mirror and show up in your life. Simply search Make Some Noise with Andrea Owen wherever you listen to your podcasts.